Welcome to Reflections from WT, the heart and the soul of the Texas Panhandle. This is episode number 24, and this is our July episode. My name is Randy Ray. I'm the director of broadcast engineering here on campus, and I'm joined today by the 11th president of West Texas A&M, Dr. Walter Wendler. Morning, Randy. Morning. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, we just a few weeks ago we celebrated Father's Day, and uh, I was uh, looking around on Facebook and I saw something that was boy really touched me, and um, I, I'd like to read it today. Uh, this was from Christy Wendler. This is your daughter-in-law. She said that she loves to hear the story of how you. She's talking about you grew up in a tiny house with six kids in Long Island, New York, the grandson of immigrants from Italy and Switzerland. They didn't have much. He got a strong work ethic, I'm sure, from his dad. He worked long hours at the gravel mines. My father-in-law was the first to graduate from college in his family and went on to get his master's from Berkeley, his doctorate from UT in Austin. He served as professor and then dean of the School of Architecture at Texas A&M, then served as the chancellor of Southern Illinois University, and now serves as the president of West Texas A&M University in Amarillo. While his professional accomplishments are amazing, I am most thankful and admire how he treats and loves his family. I always have always loved how Walt prioritized me and the kids over everything else, and since knowing his dad, I know exactly where he got it from. I benefit every day from his character and habits that he instilled in his sons. He also has taught Sunday school and has led Bible studies the entire time I've known him for the past 14 years in spite of his busy schedule. Thanks, Dad, for treating me like part of the family from day one. We love you and appreciate you today. Those are very powerful words. Yeah. And um, that, that, that had to make you feel good when you saw that posted. It did. I actually just read it this morning. For the, I, didn't, I didn't look at Facebook over the weekend, and I looked at it this morning, and it touched me. I, um, yeah, it touched I'm, me, too. And, and here's one of the reasons why it touched me is, one, knowing what kind of man we have leading our university, and two— I've always said that a university kind of reflects the personality of its president. And if that's the case, I think that's that, that we have uh, powerful leadership right now. So thank you for all you do. Well, that's very kind of you, Randy. And my daughter-in-law is overly kind. She's a, she's a wonderful woman. And uh, I told my son, he married way up, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's shift over and talk about what's going on this summer. Um, the university's always a little quiet over the summertime, but there's still a lot going on. There's a lot going on. You know, we our summer enrollments are about where they were last year. Fabiola or Cedric will know when you talk to them exactly what the numbers are, but they're pretty close. The difference this summer and last summer is we're 100% online. Uh, this first mm-hmm. summer session, last summer session, we're about 85% online. So it's not a it's not a huge difference, but it's still a significant difference. We're not offering any any classes on campus. There may be a few individual studies and maybe a few laboratory things, but very, very modest, uh, almost none uh, for all practical purposes, no summer classes. Second second summer session will be a little different, uh, but we're tracking very diligently uh, and our, our admissions people are working their fingers to the bone to try to make sure that we're in contact with applicants and that we're paying attention to what their needs are, which by the way, is good Anytime, I think it's especially important during this COVID-19 crisis because people have been exposed to different ways of doing business. And many students who never took a course online 
took courses online, finished courses online last spring, and I think it may affect, I'd be foolish not to think it's going to affect what they, what they do in the fall. Yeah, I, from my perspective, and I've said this to other people, I had, I had really avoided teaching online. Kind of part of it is what we do over here is very hands-on, so I really tried to not do uh, online stuff. But this COVID-19 pushed me into doing that, and now I'm glad it did. And I think it gave me another tool in my toolbox. That, that's what I think, uh, Randy. I think that uh, that is precisely the point. It is another tool in a toolbox. My guess is, uh, you know, in the fall semester, we're going to be prepared to start fully on campus the way we were last year, which is still not fully on campus. About three quarters of our students are on campus. The other quarter are off campus. And some live in uh, in uh, I'll say in London. I don't know. I'm sure we have a student in London mm-hmm. uh, from around the world, and others live in Amarillo. But they choose to come come to school online because they have jobs, they have families, and so on and so forth. And that kind of and I'll use the phrase customer service. That kind of customer service becomes increasingly important after students have been exposed to what you can do online. Uh, and I think we'll be ready to start. 100% on campus, but overnight, within a 24-hour time frame, if we have to shift to online instruction, we'll be able to do that. Do because this COVID-19 is a roller coaster, and we're not sure how to respond. That makes us a better university. We'll be able to respond to students' needs. There's times in a regular semester when a crisis comes up in a student's life, and they may need to do something differently. Well, the fact of the matter is we may be able to accommodate them two or three years from now or even next year in a way that we couldn't in the past because we're going to be prepared. I'll just give you one example. I am, I'm advocating whether it's going to happen or not. I'm not sure. Universities are very different kinds of business organizations. The faculty play an important role in the leadership uh, of the organization. But I would like the faculty to use lecture capture for essentially all of the lectures they give. So they're always available to students to review. Um, I've kidded, I kidded with a faculty member the other day, you know, the faculty members themselves could watch the lectures and say, could I do something mm-hmm. differently? Could mm-hmm. I improve the way I deliver the material? And that, you know, that's, uh, I think it's an important component. So we are going to be high flex hybrid. I mean, we're going to be, my goal is to make the university, and some of this is in response to this corona uh, uh, Corona, uh, COVID nineteen uh, virus. We're going to be uh, we're going to be more responsive than we've ever been in the past. I think so. This cloud, in my mind, has a uh, a silver lining in a sense. Has this changed us permanently? I think I think it's going to change the way we do business permanently. It's an opportunity. It's. I told somebody the other day. I remember going to the Kansas City airport. I can't remember what year it was, but it was pre two thousand one. And I went to the Kansas City airport, and you got dropped off at your airline ticket counter, and then you would walk to the gate, and somebody could come with you to the gate. And overnight, that changed in Mm -hmm. September of 2001, right? It changed. And it changed the industry forever, and I'm not sure it changed it. I, I think in many ways it's better. It's safer. It's uh, it's a little bit more. Sometimes it's uh, it's a nuisance. It's a little bit more frustrating. At yeah, times, at times it's frustrating. But, you know, but safer. Safer. Yeah. And I you know I think this COVID nineteen is going to have a, a a very kind of an indelible impact on uh, on uh, what we do in universities. Do you like working in the summer? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do, and I always have. I've been when I. Uh, 
When I started to teach uh, in uh, Baton Rouge at LSU, um, from the time that I started, I always taught in the summers, and I always and I practiced architecture there too. I had a practice. We were pretty busy. We were doing pretty good bit of work actually. There was a couple of us, and then some um, some um, interns and so on and so forth. There's half a dozen people in the office. We were busy, but I still liked working in the summer. I, yeah. I had a passion for university life. I liked it. Um, yeah. You know, there's an old adage that those who can do and those who can't teach. Well, nothing yeah. could be further from the truth in my mind. I, I find teaching more work than uh, than uh, practice for me um, ever was. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I like the summer, and I, and I, I summer classes, uh, you know, are long and uh, they happen every day. So I kind of like that. I mean, we get in the groove of doing that, and we come back every day. So it's more focused. I, I would I, agree with you. Yeah, more focused. All right. Well, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk to uh, a couple of people that uh, help bring others to campus. We'll be back in thirty seconds. West Texas A and M University is. A student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. Now is the time to strengthen connections and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience. Share your heritage. Share your pride. Welcome back to episode number 24 of Reflections from WT. Uh, on this segment, I'm talking to Fabiola and Cedric Knowlton. So, Fabiola, you are the campus visit coordinator, and Ced, you're the assistant director of recruitment. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the summer. Are we even open for visitors right now? We are. I'm excited that we uh, finally have visitors on campus. We started back up June 1st. So uh, June 1st with very limited families, and we'll be continuing on throughout the summer. So Fabiola, so what you deal with is just people wanting to come and visit the campus. So tell us about what they see when they come to campus. What's a normal tour like? We see everything. Well, the good thing about our tours, they're very personalized. So, you know, according to the student's major, if they are um, interested in engineering, we make sure we focus and go inside of the engineering building, show them what uh, the classroom is going to look like for them, the labs. So we go inside of, of course, every student wants to see Activity Center, the mm -hmm. main area of campus where students hang out at. So we pretty much cover everything all on campus. What's your, what's your favorite part of your job? The emotions that the students see. I'm able to see a, a life-changing moment for a student of realizing this is home. This is where I want to be yeah. for the next four years. I've said this before. Um, I, I believe that you can tell in 10 minutes when you're on a campus if that's the place for you or not. We took my daughter around when she went. When I, I can remember when we took her around to different schools to check it out. She knew exactly when, when the place was right. Do you agree with that to a certain extent, maybe? To a certain extent, yes. Um, I have seen from the beginning, you know, I'm there to greet them when they're first arriving on campus. And m the majority of them are a little hesitant of being here, nervous. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes their parents are making them be here. But then I've, I've been able to see that from beginning to end, completely different um, body language, facial expressions of, of the student. So... I think within the first 10 minutes might be a little too much. I think throughout the tour, I've had many experiences where mid-tour, 
a student, she stopped, looked at the mom and said, mom, is this what Nana? Yes. She said, is this what Nana said I would feel when I would know? And she starts crying. Mm -hmm. Mom starts crying and they're hugging and it's like, wow, you know, just a light comes on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Said you are assistant director of recruitment. Yeah. Tell me what your job's all about. Um, just to make my coworkers look good. Uh, <laughs> my overall job is to uh, basically get students uh, from different organizations, different places, different schools to uh, hear about WT, not come to WT. Uh, I tell people, oh, your job is to get them here. My job is to get them here to take a tour. And so I think I let the campus and the people let it speak for itself. Um, and so we get a lot of people from what, from California to far as Maine to come to campus. And our job is to outreach to them and help them become a student at WT. Did you go to school at WT? Yes, sir. I was going to say he did a few other things at WT also. said, tell them what you did at WT. Well, I, I played football here uh, from uh, 05 to 09. I uh, played ball here. So um, I drove on a Greyhound bus. Uh, from 12-hour drive from Dallas back then and stepped foot on campus and it was as pretty as it was. And so uh, the first 10 minutes, you know, they said that wasn't for me. It was the people. I think uh, when the people got here, it was Southern hospitality all over again. It was people wanting to know where you fed, do you know where you're going, and just a simple hello. And I think that's what really sold me up here at WT. So you have a passion for WT? Oh, yes. I mean, probably too much. Yeah. Um, I was here uh, for a recruiting visit for uh, athletics once. Uh, my son was born on a Tuesday. I was here that Saturday uh, with recruits trying to get him in. Uh, and yeah, my wife, but, she, but she's above too, so uh, <laughs> she's okay with it. Do you, do you travel a lot in your job? Yes. Uh, we travel uh, Mexico, Kansas, Oklahoma, Houston, uh, El Paso. We we go within the five-state region. By the way, Randy, if I can interrupt for just a second. Uh, said, how many tours do you think you and I went on together when we visited high school? Said went with me to a lot of high schools, especially in the South Plains. Yeah, so Region 16 went to four schools total but region 17 we did about maybe together like maybe in the 20s i believe <laughs> as big yeah. as lubbock high uh and as small as was it um did you go to dawson dawson yes dawson <laughs> dawson the principal came out and met us in the parking lot we drove up in the company car you know and he had never seen that car before and he knew every car that went in the parking lot and uh said and i drove up and uh we got out of the car and he came out and asked he said uh said, listen, uh, we were going to just have you talk to juniors and seniors, but would you mind talking to the whole high school? I said, no, not at all. I said, just out of curiosity. I knew it was small. But I said, just out of curiosity, how many students are there in the high school? He said, well, 12. <laughs> 12. <laughs> all of them. Grades yeah. 9 through 12. That was in was Dawson? 12. I'm not even Dawson. sure where Dawson is. Uh, said it's down there. It's south, uh, south. Uh, west, I think of Lubbock. Lubbock yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's way down there, and it is small. As a matter of fact, they have law enforcement uh, can't get to that school um, in in uh, less than a, I think about a half hour. They have a sign out front that says our uh, teachers and administrators are armed and will do everything necessary to protect our students. And I asked the principal. I said. How long would it take for law enforcement to get here? Because I knew I'm not a genius, but I knew we were out in the middle of nowhere. He said. 30 minutes. So we have to be ready to do, I mean, an active shooter on a campus like this, it'd be too late by the time the law enforcement arrived. Anyway. So, so Sid, when you go to a place like Dawson, if they said, tell me about WT, how do you describe this place? I describe it as a place, um, a second home. I tell people uh, it's a good place to get stuck. When you hear the word stuck, you're thinking bad, like, oh, I can't get out. I told them it's a good place to get stuck. 
good place for your son or daughter to go to school, one of the safest campuses uh, in the nation, uh, and then also a place where you can get an education but be hands-on, a, a big experience in a small shoebox. I tell people, cause some people say, oh, it's big. No, it's not that big, but it's not that small. So we're big enough to serve, but also small enough to serve as well. Don't you both agree that the one thing that WT needs to be better about is bragging on itself? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I've always said we are the a jewel kind of hidden in the panhandle, I believe. Yep. I, I appreciate what you both do. Uh, I, I really do. And I, I wish that more people across campus would uh, reach out and just tell people about how great we are. If I can just brag on us, so yes, yeah, I got. I have another story, and it's a true story, and it and it reinforces both uh, what Fabiola and what uh, what uh, said have, have have told you. Well, the first year I was here, I was out on a a student. I think it was a new freshman orientation or something. It might have been a parent visitation. I bumped into a family from Tampa, Florida, and uh, I introduced myself, and we started the chit chat a little bit, and I asked the. Uh, the student, is this the first campus you visited? And he said, well, we're from Tampa. We flew up to Amarillo and we're going to, we rented a car and we were going to drive back to Tampa and visit seven campuses. And the father waved his finger and he said, but that's over. He said, (laughs) my son wants to go here. He interrupted the son in a very nice way. He said, I can't remember the boy's name, but he said, he wants to go here to school. And, um, I said, how long did it take you to figure that out? And he said, well, less than a day. So it was somewhere between 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. and the midpoint of the tour. But he said, the people are so kind and the campus is beautiful. And there's just no other. He said, we've canceled the rest of the trips. We're going back to the uh, back to the airport. We're going to fly back to Tampa. And the dad was happy he didn't have to drive back to Florida. Yeah, oh, he was really happy, I'm sure. Yeah. That's a long, right. long haul. Every episode, I throw Dr. Windler and our guest a curveball. And we, we mentioned earlier in the episode that this first summer session, uh, we are all online. So I am teaching an online class of intro to media communication. And one of the assignments that I give is I want you to write me an essay on your favorite song. So I'm not going to ask you guys to write me an essay, but I want you to tell me what your favorite song is today. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Who, who wants to go first? Do you know? I already have mine in my head. I listened to it this morning as I was driving up here. So it's called Surrender by Natalie Taylor. I think that's the, I'm not sure, but that is my favorite, favorite song. Surrender. Mm-hmm. What's it about? Surrendering and letting, you know, the Lord um, guide you in the right direction yeah. where you're headed. That's a good one to start the day out with. Yep. Said, what's your favorite song? Okay, so this may seem, um, this may <laughs> seem kind of different from where she's at. Mine is, uh, mine is Cowboys Like Us. Um, Who's that by? Uh, well, let's see. Is it, is it George Strait or is it? Uh, I have no clue. See, the reason why this song is my favorite song is uh, I had a teammate in high school passed away, and I would never listen to country ever. He said, "Just listen to this one song." I'll, I guess I will. And he would drive it every time we go to morning workouts. And then when he passed away, uh, they play at his funeral, and to this day, that's my favorite song. Discuss the good memories from it. Uh, yeah, it just it just. It's just the relation that we had every morning going to practice. And, and I told myself, I'll never listen to country. And, and, and for him yeah, to— your favorite song. Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Songs are powerful. Dr. Windler, what's your favorite song? Well, I got a couple of them. But uh, I, uh, I'm going to tell you, In the Garden is my favorite song. Yeah. I come to the garden alone yeah. while the dew is still on the roses. Yeah, it's tough. When I, when I give that assignment to students, they, they struggle over that one. But um, I, I, 
I, I think I think it really tells um, a lot about a person when you tell when they tell you what their favorite song is. All right, so thank you guys for being here today. I think episode number twenty four was a good one, and I appreciate y'all stopping by. And I think we had a good talk today, don't you? I do, Randy. Thanks so yeah. much, and thanks to Fabiola and Said for the great work they do in admissions. Uh, these people are the are the front porch of West Texas A&M University. And I'm telling you, when you see them with other students and hear their stories and what they value, they're, they're, I'd stand us up against anybody. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, well, we will see you next time on episode number 25. Until then, thanks for listening.